some of you may remember earlier, a few months ago, so late 2022, there was a Sunday where I preached following Pastor Mark, and there was a little mix-up. I came to the service, I, and I saw a bulletin from the, uh, from the previous week, and I saw in there that the text was the same one that he sent me. And so we had a back-to-back -back week with the same text. That's what I thought happened again. A couple weeks ago, I uh, get an email that I'm on the schedule. I open up the, uh, the service planner. And yes, Shannon, Katie, I do open the service planner. And I saw on there um, the text for today. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head because in my mind, I was expecting to have something either about the wise men or about the baptism of Jesus, because we're only 14 days removed from Christmas. And in my family, we do remember Epiphany, which was Friday, because that's not only Epiphany, but it's also the 30th anniversary where someone, I don't know why she said yes, um, but she decided to spend the rest of her life with me. And so we celebrate Epiphany and, and, and engagement. But then I see a text, Luke 24. Now, I'm not the smartest man um, in the world. I'm not the, the brightest theologian, but I do know in Luke 24 is 22 chapters from Luke 2 that we read on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so there's a lot of stuff that happened in 20 chapters of Luke, and we're 14 days from Christmas, and now we're in Luke 24. So I double-checked service planner. I called Katie, and I'm like, is this really it? Did Pastor Mark kind of slide the uh, post-Easter sermon series into the post-Christmas sermon series. He had a lot of stuff in his mind this summer as he was getting out, and he said, and she said, nope, this is a sermon series. I'm like, man. And I was about to go rogue. I was going to, honestly, I was going to free text it. Um, you, I was here last Sunday with pa Pastor Albertson. I'm like, okay, how are you going to set it up, Pastor? Because <laughs> I'm following you next week, and I'm like, I'm scratching my head Sunday afternoon and Monday. I'm like, it's going to go rogue. But then I thought, nope. Turn it on. The triple dog dare. Schwartz passed over the triple dare and went right for the throat for the triple dog dare to flick. And triple dog dared him into sticking his tongue to the flagpole. Pastor Mark skipped over the triple dare and challenged us with the triple dog dare and through us a sermon series and a text that's gonna challenge us. So what do we do? Do we revert to the comfortable? Do we revert to the traditional? Do we resort to just, we've always done it this way, we can't talk about after Easter, after Christmas? Or do we accept the triple dog dare, stick out our tongue towards the flagpole of our text and see if it sticks. So I think we... You gotta, could you get me back to the uh, Barney Stinson? There you go. Challenge accepted. We are going to 
read a text that's unusual for us after Christmas. But we're going to read a text and see what God has for us in it. And the text chosen for us today in the next slide, I think the battery is dead on this thing. It's from Luke 24. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along the way? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. I think there's one more. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as a woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. And I honestly, I did not touch anything, and that just happened. He said to them, how foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And I'm going to set this thing down, because it annoys me. <laughs> and I will uh, tell you what, to advance the slides as appropriate. So this text in time of year, it presents to us a holiday challenge like I said before. 14 days ago, we were singing about lords of leaping, maids of milking, golden rings, and partridges in a pear tree. And now this text, we're talking about two men walking to Emmaus after losing a friend. But I think it is in these two men, these two disciples of Jesus, that we can relate to. The next slide, please. These two disciples, not part of the 12, but were with Jesus, had enough intimate knowledge of the details of the past three days that they were part of that next circle of friends. 
They were with the women that came back and said, hey, the body is not there. We saw a vision of angels. They had seen the crucifixion. They, they had seen the events of, of Holy Week. And they were walking back to Emmaus. About a seven-mile journey. It would be like us getting up from these seats, going out the door, taking a left on Baptist Road, going down the Santa Fe Trail, and up to Palmer Lake. Anywhere from two to four and a half hours, depending how fast you, you walk or, 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 or dwaddle. And as they were walking, they had time to process the events of the past few days and few years. Next slide, please. The disciples on the road to Emmaus were experiencing disappointment. They thought, they believed that he was going to be one, Jesus was going to be the one to redeem Israel that God was going to fulfill his promises of old and send someone to reunite Israel to be the Messiah. But now he was dead and the grave was empty. Next slide, please. They were searching for answers. As they were walking along the way, they had to be scratching their head thinking, wait, seven days ago, there was a parade of parades we welcomed into Jerusalem the son of David on a donkey with palm branches and colts and singing Hosanna. And then four days later, the chief priests and the elders crucify him and laid him in a grave. And now, three days later, and there's no sign of him. They're searching for answers. Next slide, please. And they were sad, heads downcast, walking to Emmaus, eyes bloodshot from tears, cheeks puffy from crying, and they're sad. But as they're walking along, this man comes up alongside of them. Can we relate, next slide please, to these disciples on the way to Emmaus? Have you ever been disappointed? Your expectations haven't been met, whether it's at, at work or at home, with a family, with friends, in a relationship, you're just disappointed. Or how about searching for answers? Why, God? What do you want in my life? And if you have oxygen going in and out of your lungs, if you have blood rushing through your veins this morning, if you are a human being, all of us have experienced sadness. We live in a veil of tears. Disappointment, searching, sadness, we can't run away from it. We can't stuff it down. We can't avoid it. But I do believe the two disciples on the road to Emmaus can teach us something. That we can learn something from their experience that will help us in our experience. Next slide, please. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. 
there was something special about this man. They didn't really know at the time, but it's getting close to evening. They didn't want him to go further, so they invited him in saying, stay with us. Next slide, please. They were experiencing the gift of Jesus. From the cradle to the cross, Jesus experienced everything that we experienced in life. God himself took on flesh, became incarnate so that he could walk the walk and talk the talk and experience the ups and downs, the joys and sorrows of life. He could take our sins. He could take our place on the cross, pay their price, and then return to the Father to make a way for us and to prepare a place for us in heaven. There was something about that man walking alongside the disciples that intrigued them. All of us have asked questions. Why did he or she die so young? Why did this happen? Why, 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 why? We ask that question when life doesn't go our way and God gives us the answer. A friend of mine that I went to seminary with, he's now a pastor in Illinois, Reverend Mark Serberg, wrote in his blog this past week, when we ask why, God's only answer is the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for those who walk by faith, that's the only answer we need. Hear that again. When we ask why, God's only answer is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the only answer that those who walk by faith need. And those disciples on the road to Emmaus somehow, some way, got that from Jesus walking alongside. So how, how do we get that, that same reaction, that same intrigue that those two disciples had? And I think it's in the next, the next slide. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? One could argue that those two verses are some of the most powerful verses in all of scripture. Then their eyes were opened. And they asked themselves, were not our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures to us? Next slide, please. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ was opening the scriptures to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, And their eyes were opened. And their hearts were burning within them. When I got to this part of, of writing the sermon and doing some studying and looking at that, uh, that word burning in the Greek, it's from the, the root verb kyo. And this is kyomene, it's the, the present passive, burning. Kyo can mean to ignite, to, to burn. And I thought, where else in scripture does that word kyo um, present itself? So I went to Google and went to some Greek thesauruses and, um, and looked up and my heart was burning within me 
I think now we would say our arms were tingling or we just get that tingling sensation, that sixth sense, if you will, as I saw the pa another passage where it was located. If you're here on Christmas Eve and you heard the uh, children's message from Sonia and Katie, they talked about no one lights a candle and hides it under a bushel. And then a song, This Little Light of Mine, was, was written after, uh, from that verse. No one lights a candle and hides it under a bushel. No one gets the gospel of Jesus Christ and hides it. That word light is the same verb as burning. It's just in a different, different tense. So the gospel light that God gives us through the Spirit, through Jesus Christ, is the same gospel light that burns within us when we, when we read his word, when we receive the sacrament, and it comes into our lives. 2,000 years ago, they said that it burned within their hearts. Now we'll say we get the goosebumps. But it's that spirit that gospel spirit that was, was born 2,000 years ago in a manger that the devil couldn't put out on Good Friday that burned brightly from an empty tomb is the same spirit, the same gospel spirit that we receive in our faith, in word and sacrament. Next slide, please. I want to tell you a story about this guy. That's Sergeant Jonathan Matthew in the center there with that goofy look on his face. The reason why there's a goofy look on his face, we had just returned from Agadez, Niger. We were in the uh, capital, Niamey. And those little wicker baskets behind him, as we saw those being taken off the plane, there was movement and heads popping up. They were like live poultry on the plane coming, coming back. And you know you're in Africa when you have live poultry on a plane from a from an, from an outskirt town. But Sergeant Matthew was my chaplain assistant uh, in 2016 as I was deployed to uh, Europe and Africa, and we flew 120,000 miles together. All the way from Djibouti, we, we were at Camp Lemonade for a while where Pastor Mark is, all the way to the west of Niger, up to Sicily, and we had a great time. But it didn't start off that great. Whenever you have new, new team dynamics, there's always that, that growing period. And so I remember coming into the office, um, this was June of 2016, and uh, I'm a traditionalist, or I was a traditionalist when it came to Christmas music. You don't listen to Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving. That's when you can start listening to Christmas music, and you can listen to it until Epiphany. But 7 January, you have to stop. <laughs> so imagine my surprise when I come into the office and I hear Christmas music. The birds are chirping outside, it's green, it's lush, and here Sergeant Matthew is listening to Christmas music. I don't say anything, I let him do his thing. Next day, same thing, Christmas music. Don't say anything, let him do his thing. Finally, after the third day, I had enough. I'm like, Sergeant Matthew, why are you listening to Christmas music? It's June, Christmas isn't till December. And he shared with me that when he's uh, going through stressful times, and being deployed on short notice is stressful. Working with me is stressful. <laughs> I listen to Christmas music. And I say, well, tell me more about that. 
He goes, well, in my family, we have Christmas decorations and parts of our home up year-round, and we listen to Christmas music year-round, because why let the joy and the peace and the calmness of Christmas be isolated for one month of the year? I'm like, that's genius. And so since that time, to the chagrin of some of my family members, at various times throughout the year, I will listen to Christmas music because of its connection to my life, to faith. Christmas isn't just a one-time season. Next slide, please. So my prayer for all of us as we enter 2023, that we don't let Christmas of 2022 stay in our rearview mirror. Even if that means listening to Christmas music in July, I pray that the same spirit that was in this place, that was in our hearts as we, as we held those candles on Christmas Eve and sung Silent Night, that that same spirit that burned within the disciples' hearts on the road to Emmaus, that that same spirit that was given to us in our baptism and is renewed and revived through word and sacrament, that that same spirit ignites a, a bold faith in our hearts that we can't help but run into our Judea into our family, into our friends, into our neighborhoods, into our work centers, and share the message that Jesus not only was born, but died and rose again for the salvation of the whole world. See what we just did there? We took the message of a Christmas spirit given to a baby who was crucified, died, and rose again, and joined the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we tied it all together in a sermon series to the ends of the earth, to Judea. Challenge accepted, challenge completed. Amen.